Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. A few weeks ago, more than 100 people gathered at a Glendue Middle School to speak out against hate, and Cook County unveiled a new campaign to show that it is a welcoming place for all. It was prompted by several acts of anti-Semitism along the North Shore. Indeed, many Glenview residents have received hate-filled flyers featuring pictures of Jewish elected officials. This weekend, we'll talk with officials and an expert about what's going on and what's to be done. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My guests this week include voices we need to hear right now. Allison Pure Sloven is Midwest Regional Director of the Simon Wiesenthal Center. She's an authority on anti-Semitic activity and one of our area's strongest voices on hate in all its forms. Glenview State Senator Laura Fine is also a strong voice against anti-Semitism, and her face was among those on the flyers being passed out in her area. We're also joined by Cook County 14th District Commissioner Scott Britton. He's a major force behind the Cook County United Against Hate campaign and its symbol. All three of them were present at that rally in Glenview. And I thank all three of you for joining me as well. Um, The Anti-Defamation League reported a 15% increase in anti-Semitic incidents in Illinois last year. Uh, nationwide, the ADLU, ADL was reporting the highest uh, number of incidents against American Jews since they started keeping records. Allison Purisloven, what is going on here? I think the first thing that we should mention, um, Craig, and thank you for letting me join the show and bringing to light about anti-Semitism is you use the word reported. Those are reported instances. There are so many that go unreported, especially right now as we're seeing a large increase in our high school and in our universities. Also, I work with some um, law enforcement agents in small towns in Illinois, and they said they're seeing a great deal of anti-Semitism there as well, but not necessarily within the system as it reported as an anti-Semitic act. So I think that that whole word is in itself a, a, a problem. And you are correct, there is an increase. Why is there an increase? I would suggest that social media has a great deal to do with it. That's what's being pushed out on social media and how people are reacting and responding and buying into the narrative about uh, against Jews. Hmm. Now, Senator Laura Fine, 
Uh, when and how did the problem start rearing its ugly head on the North Shore? Thank you for talking about this issue and for including me in this conversation. Uh, this was, I would say, about six weeks ago. I got a call from a constituent, very upset because she went out to get her newspaper that morning and found a uh, Ziploc bag on her driveway. And the bag was filled with beans and she opened the bag and it included a number of anti-Semitic flyers. Um, one of the flyers pictured myself our congressional representatives and the governor as well. And she was very upset by this, walked around her neighborhood, found a number of them throughout her neighborhood and called me up. And I had not seen it. Um, it was not delivered to my doorstep, um, but it was delivered to the neighborhoods around where the community in which I live. Uh, so she called me and um, I'm a firm believer, if you see something, say something. And that this is something that we just have to speak up about and let everybody know that hate has no home here. Well, and uh, Commissioner Scott Britton, and we should point out you're from Glenview as well. Talk about how Cook County chose to respond. Well, you know, I can speak to this a little directly because I was one of those people who received those materials in my driveway. And I can tell you, Craig, having neo-Nazis in your driveway is a sobering proposition. And I thought to myself, once that happened, uh, you know, obviously I reached out to the experts like Allison and then my good friend, Senator Fine. And I thought, you know, there, there's something we need to do. You know, locally, uh, there's been a 430% increase in anti-Semitic acts uh, in the, the northern suburbs of Cook County. And they're continuing. This has happened again recently, both in Highland Park, uh, Glencoe, and Winneka. So I, I just thought there's two things we can do. We can ignore it and not give it voice, but then talking to Allison and others, um, you know, it's important for us to call out this type of, of evil and to make sure that we respond to it, even non-Jewish people like myself, uh, that we unite not only against anti-Semitism, which is uniquely odious, but also against all other forms of hate and bigotry. And that's what uh, President Preckwinkle who's been a you know, leader in, in equity and the fights against discrimination throughout her career, uh, signed on as did all the members of the Cook County Board and we decided we had to do something. And I know the, the rally was one of those things. Um, how effective, and this really is for all of you, and, and please, if, if one of you says something and the other wants to add something to it, by all means, uh, do that. But how effective can campaigns like Cook County United Against Hate be? Uh, presumably, you were preaching to the choir, uh, you know, at that at, at that school. So you are preaching to the choir in many ways. But when elected officials stand up against anti-Semitism, it lets people know that this is a real situation. A lot of times, I find in conversations, people will say to me. Really, there's not really that much anti-Semitism. You could hide your Judaism. You look like a white woman. You don't have to acknowledge that you're Jewish. And my response always is, in this day and age, in the United States of America, you are telling me that I could hide my Judy, who I am as a Jew? So that's not the right response. But by legislators and others standing together and saying, no, we will not allow this for any community, it helps the Jewish community know that we are not alone. I think that another thing we have to mention and not forget is the Jewish community and the Muslim community have gone to their places of worship under armed guard for as long as I can remember, 15 or 20 years. 
My children don't remember a time that there wasn't security at our place of worship. Churches and many other establishments, thank God, don't have that. So this has been growing for a long time. And the acknowledgement and standing with the community is so important. Uh, am, am I being naive uh, in thinking that at least in this area, um, what you just talked about for in the Muslim community and the Jewish communities, both having these kinds of threats, is this a point where both communities can come together and, and, and stand against this kind of hate? That's, that's why I think we've, we've really rolled out this Cook County United Against Hate, and there is a website now, www.cookcountyunitedagainsthate.com, that unites not only the, the Muslim community, the Jewish community, but Asian Americans who have been very significantly impacted by this, there are other groups, marginalized groups, that I think the LGBTQ plus community now has been dealing with, including legislation, you know, calling them out as, as others. I mean, that, that's the, exactly the kind of thing that I think is pervasive. It exists in our communities, including on the North Shore. Um, and, and like I've said many times when you know, the murder of George Floyd took place, I can't understand what it's like to be African-American in America. I can't understand what it's like to be Jewish in America but I can stand as an ally and I can unite with my friends and neighbors to stand as allies against those people who would uh, affect my brothers and sisters who live in my communities. Um, one thing that I do want to bring up before I, I forget it, and that is hate crimes are crimes. Uh, perpetrating hate in an, in an area is, is a crime. Uh, has law enforcement had much success in tracking down people who are doing these things? So I have been working with my local police departments. You know, I have 19 communities in my district. Uh, that's 19 police departments. But I'm also coordinating with Sheriff Dart and the Cook County Sheriff to uh, focus on those issues. Craig, it's always a little iffy because there are First Amendment issues and we have to define what we're dealing with and what is and is not a crime. But I'm actually going to meet with the state's attorney's office um, as soon as possible. And Kim Fox is obviously an ally in this as well, uh, because there used to be a hate crimes unit in the state's attorney's office. Um, I don't think there is one uh, you know, dedicated now. That was one thing we can do on the law enforcement end. And we're also coordinating them with the FBI and, and nationally. But it is, uh, go, Senator Fine. Yeah, if I can add something to that, too, the state of Illinois is taking this very seriously. And within our budget this year, we put in a $20 million grant program called the Illinois Nonprofit Security Grant Program, NSGP. And this will allow for house of worship. Uh, community centers, childcare centers, cultural museums, anybody deemed at risk for hate motivated attacks to apply for this grant funding. And this grant funding could be used for things like bulletproof glass, security, uh, contact, se contract security professionals, preparedness exercises, things that you wish we didn't need but unfortunately we do need and law enforcement working with the state working with groups like we're, we're talking about here are all coming together to make sure that people can be safe uh, practicing their beliefs or being who they are and who they wish to be um allison sloven uh how encouraging is it to see government responding and is it enough Government responding is extraordinary, and we are uh, we applaud the state of Illinois for taking the stand. Is it enough? No. Yes, it's always good to be 
reactive and protective, but we have to be proactive as well. And one of the ways that some of the ways that we could be proactive is we have to we we the Simon Wiesenthal Center have been calling on a national task force from the FBI on anti-Semitism because we have to connect the dots. These flyers, for example, that we've spoken about, they are being dropped all over the country. It's not an isolated incident to just say that they were in Illinois and for in a few suburbs. And even within the suburbs, a few of the LEs that I spoke to, the law enforcement agents, like, for example, X didn't know that B had it. So the chief of police is in the suburbs, don't even know that the other ones are experiencing it. So we need to have those conversations. In addition to that, we have to keep social media um, accountable for what's going on. These flyers came from a website called Goyam TV, and it's an anti-Semitic video sharing website. That's all they do. And they are pushing out this narrative. Why is that allowed? I understand the difference of free speech versus hate speech, but it's really a gray area when we are allowing a video um, sharing website to only push out a narrative against anybody. And that creates, you know, this kind of issue. And that's where these flyers are coming from. They're printing them and they're dropping them. That has to be uh, a frustration because the the very type of speech that maybe we would want to uh, to clamp down on. Somebody could argue that speech promoting other people's rights uh, could be considered offensive to them. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's tough to draw that line, isn't it? It is. And in fact, the, the flyers that I received at the bottom, it indicates that this is not attempted to be intimidating and it's covered by the First Amendment. They do that intentionally to, to, to skirt hate crime laws. And, and so my, I guess my thought is when we coordinate with our police uh, and our uh, state's attorneys, we have to focus on the, the idea that these people are not living in a vacuum. Uh, I, I truly believe that the same people who are dropping these items off are the same people who are painting swastikas on uh, synagogues. Uh, so we need to know who they are. And if, if that particular incident may not be actionable uh, from a legal standpoint, and I'm a lawyer myself, I know the gray areas here, uh, there are certainly things that they then do to follow up with those things, because this isn't an isolated incident, that are crimes. And so we know, need to know who these people are and to be able to monitor them and then take action when, when appropriate uh, as to the social media aspects of this, and also to call out whatever supporting platforms allow this speech to exist. Um. Are there, I presume at some point there are lawyers working on how far one can go with this, but I also I think what's going on with Twitter and uh, it, it uh, proclaiming itself the, the next uh, frontier for free speech uh, has to show that this is not an easy path. Uh, is anything going on at the, at the state level, Senator? So it's really important going back to what you said, what, what can we do? How can we empower ourselves? And that's something that state lawmakers um, after this incident have tried to, to get that message across. It was quite interesting because when these flyers were passed out, I had a, uh, a press conference in Springfield and Allison joined me at that press conference. And I didn't know how my colleagues were going to react. I didn't know if anybody would have my back. And when we walked into that press conference, most of the Democratic caucus from the Senate was standing there with me. 
And that sent a very strong message to me. And I'm hoping throughout the entire state that people are waking up to what's going on uh, because the Democratic caucus in Illinois is extremely diverse. We cover all parts of the state. And although this is happening in my part of the state, my colleagues in the rest of the state were saying, we're standing with you and we're gonna make sure that if something happens in my community, we speak up about it because when we're silent, it continues to happen. And we have to do what we can to quelch this right now. Honestly, I would expect that kind of a move to be bipartisan in Springfield, but uh, maybe maybe I'm hoping against hope. Uh, you're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. We're talking about the rise in anti-Semitism in the Chicago area and across the country with Allison Pure Sloven, Midwest Regional Director of the Simon Wiesenthal Center, Glenview State Senator Laura Fine, and Cook County 14th District Commissioner Scott Britton. Um, I want to, uh, well, first, let's talk about what can be done in this area. And I guess some of that has to be about calling things out where you see them. Uh, and I would, if I can interject, it is, please, about calling, yes. it is, it is about calling things out when you see them. But I also think we have to be proactive in education. There are many people who don't even know who or what a Jew is. I've experienced that numerous times at our Mobile Museum of Tolerance with students around the state. In addition to that, May is Jewish Heritage Month. I have seen nothing pushed out about that. Every other group has a, a, a month dedicated to them and you see ads and articles and information and Jewish Heritage Month recognizes Jewish contributions to housing, to history, to American history, to military, science, government, wouldn't that be a positive way of highlighting a people and what we've done for this country? So why is this month, May, not recognized or spoken about by our leaders, our newscasters, our media, when there's so many other cultural history months and we hear about it? Right. You need better marketing. <laughs> Sadly, that is, that is really what it is in some cases. But uh, I, I want to talk about something else that may be more philosophical, but uh, I, I, it seems to me there are two types of, of haters out there that have to be dealt with. There's the ones that we're talking about mainly here, which is the people who feel compelled to act out or to say something, to do something. And admittedly, it can go anywhere from dropping flyers on driveways to violent acts. And we've seen some of those in Texas and in New Jersey over the last couple of years. Um, but then there's also the people who uh, have disparaging views of others and use slurs and hostility within their families. In other words, they're the, the, the silent ones who in what I have sometimes referred to as otherwise polite conversation are dropping slurs. And that's what, you know, when you have the teenagers who are doing graffiti like this, they didn't think this up themselves. This, this is coming from, an, and I, I've run across that almost as much, and admittedly, I'm an African-American man, uh, I have run across that kind of thing as much 
as anything else where people just use the n-word in you know regular speech and it seems to me there have to be different ways of dealing with those but but that that needs to be dealt with too yeah craig i, I think that there's been uh, recently no i won't get too political but there, there have been a safe space i think for those types of attitudes uh, within um, certain aspects of our political life. And there are people in Congress who I feel have said things that are, if not dog whistles, they're awfully close, uh, including things that were anti-Semitic. Um, and, and then people think that those attitudes are okay. Um, and and, and I, I come from, you know, I'm, I'm of an age where I, I heard those types of things growing up. And, you know, my family called those things out, uh, but it was prevalent. Uh, it seems less active now but it still exists. And I do believe it has increased only because it has been given oxygen by some of our other elected officials who are not willing to address what is, you know, really in essence, an evil ideology or to deny that it even exists. And then again, it gives oxygen to those attitudes. That's why I think the visibility of this is so important. It's also important that we train our law enforcement. Uh, you know, Allison and I have talked about this many times that, you know, when, when my local police officer came to my door after I had this incident with the anti-Semitic flyers in my driveway. He, he was very polite, but he was a little dismissive. I, we shouldn't have that. And that's why I've been rolling out some additional educational programs through our sheriff's office and through Allison's organization and others to make sure we get educational opportunities to our police officers so they can be sensitive to those issues. And, you know, it's not a one size fits all. It's a multi-pronged concept, but it will address both the active and the passive versions of bigotry and racism. I have to put a plug in here too for the Illinois Holocaust and Education Museum. Uh, the museum, which is based in Skokie, it, it not only focuses on Holocaust education, but on genocide in general. And it also does a lot for police training and for educating children throughout the state of Illinois on what hate is, what bullying is, because let's face it, this is bullying. And what we have to remember too is um, if they hate me because I'm Jewish, they're gonna hate you because you're Asian, because you're Hispanic, the list goes on and on. So for us not to come together to fight this, if it's me today, it's gonna to be somebody else tomorrow. And that's why we have to show that the power of good and acceptance is much more important than um, the power of hate. And we have to show as a group united together and the Holocaust Museum really does a good job in educating how we're all in this together and how we can overcome it together. I would add my voice to those things that that is a, a, a really great institution up there. I think you have to give as much credit to the staff there, uh, mm -hmm. the uh, the docents who take people through and keep everything in context and and the best ones make sure that you understand the connections and you know you were talking about it's not just about uh about uh, genocide in general when the last time i was there there was an exhibit about the american civil rights movement uh at the holocaust museum so yes they they deal with with hate in all its forms uh but can we talk about what everyday people can do what uh, what we should be doing in our lives to maybe tamp down some of this i think you seeing. mentioned it earlier and that is that hate begins at home no one is born hating 
you, you pick up on certain aspects of how we treat other people, unfortunately, in your family. And as adults, how many times have we been in a room at a cocktail party or some kind of fun event where someone tells an off-color joke? And instead of dealing with it because you're at a social event, you kind of walk away. But isn't it time the adults look at that person and say, you know what? I don't think that was funny or it made me uncomfortable or sort of call them out on it. We, ex we have accepted too much ourselves. And that's a big issue for us. Um, and we have to remember the history of this country and what it affords us. I don't think people appreciate America as much as they should. And the fact that we have equal rights for all people and that we have to continue to strive for that. I mean, we're sitting and speaking to two incredible, you know, leaders in our community who take our democratic process and our, our, our rights very seriously. And I thank them both for that. Oh. Scott Britton, uh, tell, tell me, tell me what, what you would want to see happening in your neighborhood. So one thing you can do is you can go on our Cook County United Against Hate website, put out the pledge, talk to your family about it. It's a pledge where you're going to reject all forms of bigotry and hate, and specifically anti-Semitism. Uh, print out the, the new logo, put it in your window. Put it, I'd like businesses to put it in their windows. Uh, you know, these are small steps, uh, but, you know, you know, all these things build up into a, a crescendo of what I think is the, the attitude we want to have. And, you know, I was talking to my son, uh, who I'm picking up in uh, Champaign today, uh, from his first year at the U of I, and he belongs to a primarily Jewish uh, fraternity, and there's been a number of incidents in Champaign. And he just doesn't, he asked me, you know, can you explain to me why people feel this way? And I feel like, you know, at least... You know, if there's one thing I did right is that I at least ex explained to him that there's no difference between any of us and we should respect everybody's belief system. I'm a Catholic and, uh, you know, Laura and, and Allison are Jewish and you're African-American. And, you know, ult ultimately, there's no difference between any of us, certainly in our rights and our ability to live and to um, prosper in this community. So uh, I think that, you know, we're, we're getting there. I think the next generation will do a better job than we did. And that's my purpose. Mm. And Senator Fine. Uh uh, I wonder that we, if we don't need to make sure that people understand the impact that these kinds of things can have on the people who would be our neighbors, who could be our friends. I have to think, I was just trying to put myself in, in your place, having your picture on a flyer, I don't see how that couldn't seem threatening. Uh, I mean, how does, that, how does that affect you when you can see, that's my picture that they were distributing to people among other people's pictures. It was um, it was jolting. And the reason it was, was I've been in Glenview for almost you know my entire life and I've never experienced anything like this literally in my backyard. Uh, but instead of getting angry or hurt or scared, I looked at it as a, a teachable moment and a learning moment because so many people who received this flyer said to me, gee, I didn't even know you were Jewish. And that started the conversation. And these uncomfortable conversations are sometimes very important because these uncomfortable conversations lead to education and learning and finding out more about our neighbors and how we can really appreciate what our differences are and how we are, as Scott said earlier, alike in so many ways. And so what I was very proud of in my community is how people who I didn't even know stepped up to say, this is wrong. 
how can we educate, how can we learn together, and how can we move forward? And we have to look at the bright spot and keep moving towards that bright spot. Um, Allison Puris-Loven, uh, I, I, I would, I want to pick up on that. Do, do we need to inspire more uncomfortable conversations uh, across our area? Yes, we do need to inspire more uncomfortable conversations in a safe environment, which is why the Simon Wiesenthal Center's Mobile Museum of Tolerance that is educating students throughout the state of Illinois, you just have to request it on mmot.com, comes to the community, comes to the schools through the lens of history, whether it's civil rights or Holocaust or other aspects of history, um, teaches about students how to be an upstander and not a bystander. In addition to that, we're also educating communities and students about social media literacy because we're all seeing hate on the internet and we're not reporting it or taking it down. And that's an important aspect of education. And again, I applaud the um, legislators of Illinois for mandating that um, the, the social media literacy becomes a mandated um, educational workshop within our schools. Allison, you have the final word in this because we are out of time. I want to thank all three of you. That is Allison Pure-Sloven, Midwest Regional Director of the Simon Wiesenthal Center, Glenview State Senator Laura Fine, and Cook County Commissioner Scott Britton. All of you, thank you for spending this half hour with us. To our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. There is a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcasts on odyssey.com that's a-u-d-a-c-y uh we'll be back next week with another edition of at issue and i hope you'll be listening until then i'm craig delamore 105.9 wbbm t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.